Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we talk with independent filmmakers and get in-depth on topics. I'm your host, Andrew Froning. Today with us, I have writer, director, cinematographer, editor, you name it, he's done it, Jamal R. Green. He's a filmmaker from the New Jersey, New York area, and he has completed a web series called Chronicles of... And you've won some awards for that, which is super, super cool. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. Yeah, anytime, man. So, um, web series. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Like, how, how did you get started with making a web series? Um, web, it's, I got started as an, actually an assignment for school. And uh, web series uh, was just about coming into fruition the whole genre of web series and it was an elective I took it at film school I might have been back in 2014 and we had a web series assignment to make a web series pilot and at that point in time I had no interest in web series I didn't know what to, to do really I didn't feel like I could write short format and all that jazz so I said okay um, what ideas do I have everything I was writing on or working on back then was just a street feature film you know thought so I had this idea that started with just a small story about uh, a detective who sees things and uh, we made this you know short script shot it actually shot two of them and edited it and when we were done we're like this is really cool (laughs) this is a cool format Um, and you know there was there's plenty ideas that you know I had that were unfinished are in different or different stages of completion, which I thought would lend himself well to this format, and jumped right on it and instantly fell in love with it. And said, "Wow!" And out of necessity, because when you're uh, when I was in school, two, I was unemployed, and three, you know, so I was broke. Web series was a great way to still be able to tell a story. It's just a different format, still still the same storytelling. Yeah, um, you know, I've done a web series too, and we've been in web festivals together and it's just really cool that you know we support each other's work and just the whole web festival community that has popped up it's 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 just a beautiful thing um because i feel like we want to tell feature length stories we want to tell you know we want to go in depth we we don't want to just spit out a short and move on to the next thing we want to want to live with something we want to make something that matters um whether it's close to a tv series Mm -hmm. or something longer format like feature and a web series is a really nice way to do that episodic Mm -hmm. storytelling Mm -hmm. in a way that kind of makes sense for indie filmmakers and also isn't well it's approachable let's Mm -hmm. say you know the shorter format whether it's on youtube like mine is or if it's on amazon prime if it's an unknown thing with unknown actors if it's short people will check it out right so, but I, I, I loved it because I, it gave me a vehicle to do an ongoing, ongoing story uh, in a means that was achievable and attainable. And um, especially with everything going mobile, uh, with uh, phones and tablets and all that stuff, I thought it was just perfect. It's, you know, the timing couldn't, couldn't be better. Yeah. And it's amazing how you can get beautiful images. Mm-hmm. right to your phone you know if you're taking the train oh yeah 
you're waiting at the bank, I don't know. Yeah, we don't wait that long at the bank anymore, but <laughs> yeah. you know, you can check something out right on the phone if you're waiting for something, sitting in line. Mm-hmm. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful it's thing. Yeah. So your web series, I mean, every web series I've seen kind of takes a different approach, which is also a very cool thing. Um, your web series is called The Chronicles of. Mm-hmm. But each episode features um, a different character, a different chronicle of a different character. How'd you come up with that idea? Uh, Well, basically, the idea, I had a lot of of characters for this particular story. And when I started writing it, we had television in mind. So it was written as, you know, one-hour episodes of of television. Um, We knew... You know, that, that would take forever to try and get a deal. You know, the whole process of trying to get a television series. So, so okay, I want to do something now. So uh, we took a slice of the plot and said, hey, let's uh, make a web series. Even just this one piece of the plot is still very intricate enough that we could tell a story. So uh, I wrote Chronicles that way because basically what it is, it's a sort of a slice of life uh, tale of society when... Uh, absolute corruption and personal interest takes over. So what you have is a story of these different characters who are connected, but viewing this issue from their personal point of view. And it's their reaction to it and their hand in it. And eventually all the characters' storylines merge into one. Oh, neat. So there's like a central plot point. There's something that's happening. And then you've got different people's takes and reactions to that. Correct, and connections to it, yeah. Ooh. The central plot point is murder. <laughs> Easily yeah. sold. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That, same with mine, you know. It's like somebody <laughs> somebody dies, somebody goes missing, then everybody reacts. I mean, it's mm-hmm. classic. Right. <laughs> but it's so, a nice way to put a twist on absolutely. a classic storytelling technique. I love it. Um, so do you have release plans you're looking to shop it around i know you're in some film festivals so yeah right now you know um right now we're still in festivals um obviously because of the uh current situation you know a lot you know some things have been put postponed but um you know we're, we're still have about five more festivals that we're in with just the one episode um i recently started submitting other episodes to festivals and we wanted to have a good strong festival run and then potentially pitch it as a television series. That's the ultimate goal, is to get landed on television, either streaming or a network or something. But um, there's a much, much larger story and component to it. Uh, you know, my writing team and myself, you know, we crafted this to be about six seasons. So, um, and we have about enough material for four right now. So that's that's the larger plan. But the immediate, the immediate uh, future is just to get it out, get it out to the festivals, let people see it, um, and you know, see how it stands on its own. Sure. And you said you've got some seasons planned in advance. Do you write a story bible? Do you have um, what do you have to pitch to someone to say, you know, this has legs? If this becomes a television show, this is what it's going to look like three years down the line. Um, well, our finale episode is a good a good snapshot of what a TV episode would look like. Um, finale episode it's actually close to 45 minutes oh um, wow yeah it's a it, it's, it's a big one but it's 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 the closest thing to a television episode we'll say 
But also, yeah, we do have a pitch deck and we have a Bible. And we constantly update the Bible because more, the more we write, the more things change and, and what have you. But we've got a good, decent visual pitch deck that we're working on. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple episodes and we'll see what goes from there. Sure. Now let me ask you, because I'm writing something, I shot a TV pilot. Um, part of it was in your basement. One day, man. Yeah, you got to use what you can. And um, as I'm going to write some more, the question has been brought up. COVID-19, this pandemic, yeah. does this get incorporated? Do we ignore it? Has that thought crossed your mind or... Oh, uh, absolutely going to include it. I try to include is, you know, you can only write mostly about what you know and what you experience. So I try and put everything that, you know, that I've gone through that's made some sort of impact in my life, positive or negative, disguised and somehow throw it into the script. But yeah, you have to. And which I, I think that'll be, I think we'll see a lot of art that's going to have uh, COVID-19 wrapped into the story. In the <laughs> foreseeable future. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chronicles of um, it's shot very cinematically but it's not on a movie screen it's not on TV just yet how does one define a cinematic image um, for me a cinematic image is using every visual element within the frame to help further the story and tell the story um, we try and use everything we can from the location, to the lens, to the movement within the scene, to the wardrobe, to the distance, uh, with it, uh, the amount of distance between the characters, all those things. Uh, the lighting, of course, um, movement of the camera. Um, we try and incorporate all those things when, you know, uh, trying to create a cinematic image. And uh, we try and, you know, be, get as creative as we can because uh, our budget is, is, is below micro. So use what we can to help make it look like we actually had a budget. Yeah, and I think you achieved that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. So your approach to lighting is mm -hmm. it's very stark. Um, even in the some of the outdoor scenes, you know, you've got the, the kind of bright and shadow on the other side. Um, you guys talked about that beforehand, or was that a kind of a happy accident you discovered on set? Um. Some of the, some of it was definitely we definitely had our share of happy accidents, but um, during we spent about a year in pre-production. Uh, my cinematographer Malachi Macho and I, um, one uh, just trying to craft the look of the series, sharing you know some cinematic frames from some of our favorite pieces. Um, I like a lot of noir stuff. Uh, so does so does he. Um, and like, I like a lot of modern noir too. So, you know, movies like seven were definitely an influence. Um, I like the lighting style of, uh, Robert Richardson, mm. uh, was a, was a huge influence on the type of things I was trying to achieve. But I also like the look of, uh, that, that muted, you know, uh, look of like a Tarkovsky. Sure. Yeah. And, um, Speaking of the look, your series has a very distinct look um, in something like film and TV right now that's so saturated with all these different looks. I feel like you guys have found something unique. Um, at what point did that come about? Um, I think a lot of that came through 
in pre-production, um, but it's also a blending of two styles and trying to find a happy medium and making sure it was true to the tone and mood of the story. Um, you know, a lot of it, again, was the research of the locations. We were handicapped um, in that, you know, as you know, finding locations is re really tough. So we put a lot of work in finding uh, locations that were attainable uh, that we could get for relatively no to little, little to no cost um, or places that we could shoot guerrilla style, but that would have maximum visual impact and effect. Um, you know, as, as far as framing looks and, and, and that type of visual style, you know, like I said, there's a lot of great cinematographers out there that, that uh, and directors whose visual style, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, uh, mainly, you know, Michael Mann was, is huge. And, and a lot of the stuff that I like, so. Um, but, you know, this, you know, we came to that look in that visual style um, pretty much through trial and error, you know, trying trying different things out, uh, taking some time uh, over the course of our working relationship together, my cinematographer and I, and just coming to this, uh, okay, I think we found it, and we're going we're gonna to run with it. So when you did these set visits, did you bring yeah. a camera with you, and did you discover part of the look that way? You guys were shooting um, ahead of time, like kind of test shoots and things like that, to find this look. Sometimes we had a camera with, them, with us. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, sometimes we'd have the actual camera we shot on. Sometimes we'd just have uh, like a 5D. Sometimes, a lot of it was just phone. Um, ooh, um, I thought that was like your Rocky theme. <laughs> no, that's the that's actually the theme song to the 1950s version of Godzilla. Oh, awesome! <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, we definitely snapped a lot of frames. Like even right now, my photo library is just filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of photos from just us trying to you know find locations and taking pictures of locations. And you know, we went around the entire tri-state area: New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania trying to find these spots and you've got a lot of browns a lot of earth tones even with the man-made structures that's oh, that's sure. a really cool look thanks man that's that's definitely the warehouse i definitely um visually it just that's the color palette that kind of speaks to me and where you know i see or, or dream my imagery oh interesting so do a lot of these ideas for shots i know you are also a dp on other things, not your web series, because you've got so many roles. Um, do you see? Do you ever like see something in your head, and like yeah, yeah, that's it? And you wake up and you sketch it or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. You know, the notepad on my cell phone is a few years deep now of just the uh, images and notes. And yeah, I do a lot of test photos. Um, you know, uh, some stuff. Uh, you take from your idols and you just try and remix them a little bit, you know? So, sure. Um, Works for Tarantino and absolutely. just about everybody else that's ever made a movie. Except so, for maybe Hollis Frampton. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> different types of, uh, you know, influences, a little bit of art. Um, you know, I like very contrasting lighting also. Yeah. So, uh, there's certain types of um, medieval and Renaissance era art that really speaks to me visually. Mm. That's interesting that you mentioned art because um, 
I was talking with some of the other filmmakers, and it seems to be a recurring thing that whether it's music or, um, I bring it up a lot, art mm-hmm. being another, um, another reference, another place to draw references and to be exposed to different types of media can ultimately help what you're making. 100%. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Uh, I write with music, so I don't know. I generally, almost always when I write, I always have some sort of music around. Okay, okay. Um, I know I usually write, you know, occasionally I'll put on music, but it's not absolutely necessary. Like sometimes I'll just sit and I'll need quiet, as much quiet as I can get with, you know, my kids in the other room. Um, and, you know, I'll just type and I'll type and I'll go into a flow. Um, and for me, the music comes later. Gotcha. Um, typically. Do you do you have like an audio-visual image when you're conceiving some of these things? Um, no, I think the what happens is the, the music will stir up certain moods and emotions in me when I'm writing, and that'll translate to the paper. Uh, and I think that's where, how it really influences me. It really just puts me in the zone. Um, I'm just weird like that. Uh, my mind quieted, a quiet mind for me is not very functional. Yeah, so. okay. <laughs> it's so, tough. You need something to push you in the right direction. And a lot yeah. of people have, have mentioned that too. I mean, music is a popular one. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even just anything beyond just film, mm-hmm. TV, you know, uh, it'll take your mind to a bit of a different place. Right. Yeah. So utilize everything. Absolutely. All right, Jamal. A lot of beautiful, beautiful cinematography and storytelling mm-hmm. has moved to television. Mm-hmm. It's a more episodic, um, a more, more something that an audience can live with for mm-hmm. a longer amount of time than just a feature. For the longest time, a feature was the pinnacle of what mm-hmm. you could create, and now that's, do you feel that's shifted? I think so, and in my opinion, in a lot of ways. Um, feature film is still, you know, it's still the, the mothercraft. It's still, you know, the goal is still my first love and my passion. Um, I think within the last say eight to ten years um the strength of storytelling on on television or streaming episodic stories has it just it's just gotten so good that it's there's there's a there's a a a difference between the two but um episodic storytelling has gotten so good with the amazing amounts of series that have been out you know from the wire to the breaking bads i can be going for days yeah Uh, (laughs) you know and it's it, it is amazing, it's, it's, you know. It, I think it it hits a different part of the brain where it can hold your interest and hold that tension for a longer period of time. Where with a feature, you have a condensed amount of time to get that thing done, to get that story done and, and, and solved. Um, so, um, but it's it's amazing where you know I got into filmmaking mainly just for what I want to do. I just want to make features, and that's it. I didn't even get television a second thought. And now, you know, it's not like you have to choose between both. I just love both equally. Yeah. Um, there's it, just some incredible, incredible work being done on television right now. I agree. And, and I think they both have the strong suits. But it's funny, like, I'll watch a movie 
And, you know, it might even be a two-hour movie. And I'll feel like, oh, okay, I know where they're going. They're, they're going to they're gonna start wrapping this up, you know. Where yeah. <laughs> they say in film, you know, your character has an arc. Your character changes. Starts in one place, ends in a different place. And in TV, your character is a constant. Your character's flaws stay their flaws. They, mm-hmm. they might learn. They might get a little better, but that flaw is still going to be there. So you're kind of, you're constantly rooting for that character to, to change or to rise above what they do. And then, you know, they might get to a point and then at the end of the episode, they'll do something. You're like, ah, he's not changed. He hasn't learned. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you have, you, you, you have so much more rope with, with episodic storytelling. You could really, really, really take the viewer on a long ride and, to the point, you know, because of, you know, it's such a long ride, as a viewer, you you have more time to get attached to those characters and you make a deeper connection with, with a lot of those characters. And I think that's where television may have the leg up on film. Um, it's it's the length of time you get to work on those characters. It's the slow growth or decline. You know, it's, uh, you know, you're really taking the viewer on a ride, whereas on, on feature films, um, I mean, you have two hours or, or ninety minutes or whatever, but uh, you don't you don't have as much leeway. You really gotta, you know, get get it moving from the jump. Um, what I will say though, with films still as compared to uh, television series, is that film movies are still so much more cinematic, and I think that uh, like watching something on Netflix or Amazon, like movies made by those two studios, uh, they don't have that cinematic factor. I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, just visually, you don't feel like you're watching this. You know, they they feel like two-hour television shows, right? Yeah. And that that's that's for me. That's 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 where I can see the difference. Okay, that's interesting, because um, I know the cinematography has just gotten like through the roof. You know, Breaking Bad really started the whole you can use your visuals to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other shows that really got into the more charoscurial lighting mm-hmm. um, that they've incorporated that. So I feel like television is like constantly going up there. And The Boys on Amazon, that was a comic series that That's I loved great. back when yeah. it was like, you know, oh, this is like a really fucked up kind of counterculture thing to read. Yeah. And now I see the show and it almost looks like I'm watching something with a color palette of Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. or something. So I feel like the visuals are catching up, but with a movie, they've got more money to throw at it. They've got, there more has to be more planning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, there's, there's that's, that's where the difference is. It's like, um, you know, I feel like the cinematographers and films still have more of a playground there than they do on television i think they might you know i can't speak to it they might have a little more time or a mm-hmm. little more time to discuss with the directors this is how i want to right. show this the feeling time, this emotion time is everything yeah it is it is yeah. and i know on tv it's wham bam bam you know you've yeah. shot half a show today yeah and not to say that cinematography is bad as well no it's, it's outstanding it's it just is. uh i feel i still feel the, the difference uh between film and tele- between feature films and television, uh, 
One is the cinematography and how it's, how it's achieved and, and done. But, you know, there's great stuff everywhere. Um, uh, I, I think, you know, one thing that's translated well from screen to television, from big screen to television, is Mindhunters. That looks, Mindhunters, the TV show, it looks identical to every Fincher film. So, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing was lost in translation. No, nothing at all. When I watched that... I watched like one episode after the other, after the other, and I was like, I was like glued to it. I'm like telling my friends, this is the best show ever. It's and amazing. I go to rewatch it, and I'm like, yes, yeah, a good show, but it's just, it's so engrossing. It's, it, when I watch that show, everything else around, it's like you're, everything shuts off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just, you just sucked in, yeah. You almost so. turn on that analytical part of your mind, and like, you're, you're in the shoes of those people. You know, if movies are, they, they say, empathy machines then you're almost following these people on these tasks and relating to them in a way and just kind of like sitting. You feel like you're sitting there with them. Yeah. You feel like you're on their side of the table. I love uh, how they do that. It's just great. I mean, um, one of the things I also think with television, television, the writing on television, as, you know, movies went towards more big-budget blockbusters, tent poles, you know, uh, prequels, sequels, reboots, it seemed like... The where you know there used to be a really strong independent film market. It seemed like the, those writers and directors, those guys went to television. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels. It feels like television is a great playground for, for you know for people who generally would probably end up making low budget independent film. Yeah, I know Roger yes. Deakins was um, interviewed about you know how do you feel about being on all these big big films, and he says, well. I shoot two types of films, the huge blockbusters that cost X hundred million dollars, and then I shoot the super, super low, low budget stuff. There's nothing in the middle anymore. And I feel like that stuff, that mid-budget stuff, has sort of moved to television. Absolutely. 100%. You know, Deacons is one of my favorites. This is probably one of everybody's favorites, but, yeah. you know... Um, you know, uh, yeah. But he's, got a, he's got a point. And he would know. He would know. <laughs> no more than me, so yeah. <laughs> now, you know, we talked about um, television. You spend more time with the characters, and you really get to care about them. One of the things that I've noticed when I've watched movies, um, probably over my journey of watching movies, is that older movies take a while to get started. You live with the character for longer. In Jaws, you live with Chief Brody, and mm -hmm. you see the shit he has to deal with day in, day out, and... All of a sudden, when he's thrown for this loop, then, oh, well, here comes Act 2. Right. Got to hit the water. We're, like, almost, what, close to halfway into the movie? Mm-hmm. You know, with Rocky. It's like an hour long, Act 1. Yeah. Um, you spend a lot of time with that character, and then by the end, you, you so want them to win. It's not like, you know, we've just jumped into this thing with this guy and he's a handsome man who for some reason can't get a date and right. <laughs> and you know you yeah. you just you're just thrown into it and you're expected to take things for granted what are your feelings on um, a longer first act or is there a way to get that done to accomplish what that does more quickly i think things kind of move too fast now anyway that's just my feeling i think the it's funny you name those two movies, but those are always going to be all-time classics because those films took time. They pretty much you live with those characters. They came to be almost like family to you by relation, you know, mm -hmm. by, uh, by by visual relation. 
and it makes you invest in these characters so you really understand them and you feel the way they would feel once they get thrown into these you know trying situations um it it doesn't bother me i don't you know uh, i as long as the movie's entertaining and it's and the, the craftsmanship is great i tend to like a slower paced uh films in a lot of ways i don't like when things just uh move so so quick and you get to the end you're just like what the hell happened you know <laughs> did the movie go over my head <laughs> <laughs> um so and i mean i don't mind adrenaline movies either especially you know especially if they can keep it going but mm. um there's a certain point where it's almost just like too much that you're almost like left glazed over like you don't you don't care it's just a, such a cacophony of this and that and this and that bang 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 um one movie i will say that does achieve what i was talking about like getting to know a character in a very very short amount of time is guardians of the galaxy nice yeah that was great i i was just amazed that first scene like it just tugs on your heart it's like up up does the same mm-hmm. thing Oh, um, I mean, also I you are kind of seeing yeah. the day in the life, but it's it's like within six minutes. Um, yeah. But I don't know if it's just that emotional connection, and if there's a way to like speed that up, or if there's either slowing down or finding a way to speed up. You know, you got to find what's right for your story. Yeah, you know, it's just the formula hasn't changed really. It's just finding a way to manipulate human emotion. That's it of the viewer. If you can control the viewer's emotions, it actually time doesn't matter. You know, it's all about how quick, how you know. It's all about if you can do that. If you can program the audience, if you can get the audience to feel what you want them to feel when you want them to feel it, you've won. And that's you know, so it's pretty much you know, the amount of time it takes to do that. I guess really doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, just accomplish your goal and yes, do it well. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks so much for talking with me, Jamal. Jamal, where can we see your previous work? So on Vimeo, you can see my stuff. Uh, I'm just Jamal R. Green on Vimeo. Um, you can find uh, Chronicles of on all social media platforms. Uh, you know, just that Chronicles of on Instagram, Twitter, uh, our Facebook page, um, and but usually, but just all my uh, previous work should be available on Vimeo. Just under Jamal Aubrey. All right, and we'll have links to all those in the description. Thanks again for going indie depth. Thank you.